Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Norman Sand is our guest this week, and if you haven't checked him out on TikTok yet, you're missing out on relatable verses with wordplay that often taps into nostalgia from our own childhoods. That being said, it's no surprise that Norman chose Ahmad's 1994 single Back in the Day to discuss this week. Should we all be diving deeper into Ahmad's catalog, or should we just leave him back in the day? Lace up your British knights and grab a Tootsie Pop, because we're about to find out. All the way live, I think I was about 10. One of those happy little niggas singing the blues that be always trying to bag with the shag and karate shoes. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder or is it Norman, welcome to the show. We have a fun one today. We are talking about Ahmad back in the day. My first question was, Are you were you a fan of this song back in the day? I forgot what year this came out, but I know it was the 90s. I don't know if I was alive yet, yeah. but I just remember it playing a lot. 94, 94. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't old enough to even understand anything at that time, but I know for sure – Growing up, the song was still in rotation everywhere. I thought that this was when I first I downloaded this song online. Yeah. When I downloaded it, it was listed as a far side song. And I can 100 percent understand why it would be mislabeled as that, though, because like he kind of sounds like Booty Brown's rapping style a little bit. And it's a thousand percent like if you put this on immediately after passing me by, I'd be like, yep, these are these are in the same ballpark. This could be the same artist. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, though, why, why they would mis- mislabel it. <laughs> I've been listening to this album all day, and I'm kind of a little bit curious as to why this guy was a one hit wonder. And the one thing I will say about it, it's very 90s yeah. in that yes. the beats are very 90s. It's very uplifting, maybe a little repetitive on some of the stuff, but the guy has a cool voice. He has a good flow. I think <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't understand why this was his only hit. 
Well, well I think part of it was that he didn't put out another yeah. album for 16 years. Yeah, it was the, the I think it was giant. So like I feel bad because he was at a time where like music was kind of like controlled by certain people. I mean, there's a great story. Everybody probably knows about like Vanilla Ice and like Suge Knight, you know, like that's kind of how the music was ran in like the 90s. Right. Where people could give over like rights to songs just just by you dangling someone out of a a window on a roof (laughs) by their legs. So like (laughs) most of the time, these record, these like one off record companies didn't didn't go major and they just signed a deal with a major. They were like subsidiaries and they would go under. And when they go under, all of the artists could no longer release music anymore. So that's what happened to this guy. Probably. I'll throw another theory out there, though, like. He feels like the tail end of the alternative mindful hip hop because we're talking 1994, yeah. like Ready to Die by Biggie's yep. about to drop, like Tupac's about to explode even bigger than he's ever been with like California Love, yeah. Love and like like I I think that he came out just as the gangster rap thing was about to explode, and I love this song, but I love this song because it reminds me of all of the artists that gangster rap took off the map like a tribe called yeah yeah de la soul yeah 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 (laughs) yeah you're right i mean but he he's but he was from south central though so he was a hood guy too like yeah i mean even though he did go to i think he this guy i i want to say this guy was on the creative side because i've heard some of i think he has like the fourth avenue uh jones like band yes he's part of yeah Fourth Avenue and i, Jones, and I which, think they're like alternative a little bit they're alternative they're also i think they might be a christian group that's which kind of kind of that's dope I, I didn't know that because they won a dove award what and they put out their last record on goatee records which is from the dude from dc talk and they recorded a cover of jesus freak what for a dc talk cover up get <laughs> so out of like, here that's crazy <laughs> that blew my so like, mind what <laughs> He just took a real weird turn in like Whoa, 2000 when he formed Fourth Avenue Jones. He just reformed himself. That's crazy. I, you taught me something. That's crazy. The funny thing, though, is like I didn't grow up really listening to rap. You know, my brothers did. And I just remember hearing real music. Not that hip hop isn't real music, but like I just remember like hearing like instruments and stuff. Right. And like I remember growing up and just hearing somebody play like a like an actual piece. And and yeah. and break it down like okay this is what we're playing we're gonna be in we're gonna be in like F sharp minor and we're gonna go here da 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 and I remember you know being in choir like the reason I'm bringing this up is because of church and being like at church and that going down at church some of the guys at church kind of went off on a they kind of went off on a tangent and then they started playing Love TKO. And I remember really? being like, and I remember being like, oh, that's the back in the days when I was just a little big girl. And then they were like, no, 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 this is not that. This is Love TKO, my titty. And I'm like, wait, what, 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 what's TK, Love TKO? And they were like, oh, you, you got to da da da. And then I remember asking my stepdad about all these old school songs. So yeah, man, the history with the back in the day song and like my, you know, introduction to, to like a lot of the classic, uh, you know, classics, it was just, it's, it's crazy how it all just like came together, but and and then this song's more classic than I I think I actually realized because yeah. I always knew and liked it, but when I did the research and saw that like uh, who was it Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. Travis McCoy, mm-hmm. and J J Cole have all like yeah. done their own interpretation of this yeah. song, <laughs> yeah. like in their career, I was like, that's insane that's that that song has had that staying power. Yeah, yeah hey, I didn't know the Teddy Pendergrass song. I was very surprised that I didn't mm-hmm. know that song, considering yeah. I think it's one of <laughs> I think it's one of his biggest, biggest songs. songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. How did I miss yeah. this song? I um, but. Just like you were saying, I knew this song. Yeah. I knew the Ahmad song. <laughs> yeah, I did. And yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it was just the, yeah. the time or something. Or maybe yeah. the Teddy Pendergrass song doesn't get played on the Yeah, you know, his catalog, on, though. I mean, Teddy Pendergrass is crazy. So it's like, yeah, you could you could think about Close the Door before you think about Love TKO. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't know it. Which, <laughs> yeah, now, now I got to go back. That's the next yeah. thing I got to listen to all day long is catch up on my Teddy Pendergrass because I love the sample. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing, the music alone. And that's even when I was listening to the whole album. There's so many good beats. I just, I think we got spoiled in recent years by, you know, listen to the new Kendrick Lamar or something. And it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's crazy where... Uh, you know, hip hop has gone and the 
exciting dynamics of an album now. We're back in the 90s. It was kind of, you had the beat. It's kind of the same beat <laughs> through, through yeah. the, the whole thing. You didn't have this journey you went on for the most part when it came to hip hop. So I think that maybe my attention span is a little bit lower. I think I need like the the craziness. Yeah, a lot of that 90s stuff, even early 2000s was, just, you know, hip hop is coming off of the, the disco, like the disco vibe when it's when it starts, where it's just like, you know, you got the, the you know, 10, maybe 15 seconds of a, of a break. Right. And you just go and you just rap on top of the breakbeat. And hip hop was like that for a very long time, like late 70s, early 80s, late 80s, even early 90s. You just got the and that, even this song. Right. It's just the TKO intro. Right. And it just loops. Right. It's just like nothing right. else. Like, that's it. And like, so I think, you know, now in today's world. You know, you get all of these artists who are just like in tune with very, very complex music theory ideas. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, so you see a lot of the influence from these guys talking about what's going on. But then you like you mentioned, like today, you know, to digest something like you won't even know who's sampling what in today's world. Like you're talking about Kendrick. Like you could go to his album and be like, what? I didn't even hear that sample. Like he used the Powerpuff Girls. Like, 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 (laughs) it's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane. I didn't even hear that. (laughs) How many different songs, you know, will all be within one song, but not this. This is one Teddy Pendergrass sample. (laughs) One one loop. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, that's why people constantly refer to like Paul's Boutique as like the most important hip hop album of all time because who who says that (laughs) nobody's saying that (laughs) i think source magazine named it the number one most important raps because that album over 14 tracks they sample 76 different artists and songs like they were doing what girl talk decided to do like 20 years later because it was the dust brothers in the production booth just being like yeah all right we're gonna use this drum loop from this disco track to lead us into sampling there's a point in that album where they layer the opening of jaws over top of the shower scene from psycho yeah so it's like the base of the dump 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 with the reek 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 from psycho playing over top of it just to create like a really intense moment in the middle of a song before it goes right into like a backbeat into like them sharing verses on the sentence. Rick Rubin was just, and that's why he gets the respect he does in hip hop because, you know, and it's funny, like a lot of kids today, I mean, even kids my age, like talk about Rick Rubin, bro. Like they're going to be like, who? And it's like, wait, yeah. you do hip hop. You don't know who Rick Rubin is like, what? So, I mean, I mean, Def Jam is always kind of, they kind of pushed, like they were pressing the boundaries, man. Like even with the walk this way and the run DMC thing and. Yeah. What year was Paul's Boutique? Okay. 89, right? 89. 89. 89. Okay. All right. So, you know, think about how fast hip hop evolved, though. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you yeah. think about it, like, okay, when is when is Rapper's Delight come out? So, you know, not that that was necessarily the first, I want to say. it's, but it's That was one of the first as... ones, right? That was one of the first, yeah. like, disco songs that was looped. Uh, right yeah right and good times just over yeah, and over and over, and over. For 15 yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah but just even from that say late 70s i don't mm-hmm. know exact year yeah. but um you know people were sampling that people were sampling those drum breaks from james brown yes you know, like oh drummer. my goodness yeah, yeah. Yes, that was a, bro <laughs> that was a popular funk, thing to rap on. i have yo i man I, I hate to admit this but i was in a session once and i had a buddy who had a lot of those like um like breaks from some of the like the the old like tapes and i was like bro i hope this dude goes to the restroom so i can just like steal all these breaks off his drive <laughs> yeah that, those I, I guess james brown was famous for leaving those drum breaks oh you know my so gosh. so you had the 
you had all the disco records that everyone was smashing and destroying because disco was dead. And then rappers were taking those like, hey, you're not going to use those. So mm-hmm. We're going to rap over those. Yeah. Uh, because so, the, you're the not going to use these records with some of them. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to you're not going to use these records with some of the most musically talented yeah. performers of all oh my time. Gosh. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And then but what I guess my main point he, here is, Matt, I didn't may, mean to make fun of you about the Paul's Boutique thing. No, I just no, don't no. think of it <laughs> that way necessarily. But how fast now picture let's say just for argument's sake 1977 or something is like when rap starts to i don't know become a little bit mainstream sugar hill gang i I don't know who else at that time but and, and maybe a few years later run dmc so even that say it was 1977 this song we're talking about today ahmad is 1994 that is only 17 years that is the equivalent of right now going back to 2005 it doesn't seem like that long ago for it to progress that yeah, far to where it's at you know and that's only crazy. a few years later yeah, yeah a few years later you have a song like california love or something which yeah. i think is just this giant production of a song yeah. and uh so it really feels like it went from zero to a hundred right yeah technology well, technology probably moved that forward because i even think about yeah. how like what my first introduction to music you know how i was like I was making songs on a karaoke machine. I'd have like my brother's CD of an instrumental cut that I don't know if you guys remember, but they used to cut the singles on a actual CD where it'd be like the single, the clean version, the explicit version and the instrumental. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I had like, oh, yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> I, I used to just, just take those from my brother. Right. I'm like, he's gone. He's not using these. And, and I just would put it in the karaoke machine. Then I had a blank cassette tape because the karaoke machine yep. had, the little small, you know, four inch TV. It had a CD player on top. It had a microphone and it had two cassette tapes at the bottom. It's all and you, you need. Could, and that, <laughs> dude, I would just like hit record. And I'd hit play on a CD player and that, that instrumental would go and I'd be on that. And I'd be at school with an actual cassette tape. People would be looking at me crazy. I'm like, bro, you got to listen to what I did on this cassette tape. That's like, amazing. That's amazing, man. That's that's the equivalent of like when, you know, first starting bands and we didn't have a way to record and we would take a boom box or whatever yeah. and hit hit record and that was our tape. And we were just, it, how exciting is it to have, it doesn't matter how bad the quality is, how yeah. exciting it is, is it to have a recording of yourself yeah. for the first time, oh, yeah. to be able to listen back to it. That was the best def- feeling. So it sounds like you, you were even, you had... Uh, that technology you had there with that karaoke machine was even a little further ahead than what I had when I first recorded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm saying three, I got three different thoughts in my head right now. First of all, Norman just literally told us the origin story of his entire TikTok presence, which is <laughs> taking the instrumentals and wrapping yeah. over top of it. I didn't even think about that, man. That's crazy. <laughs> now we got some, bro, we got some Norman saying lore. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Norman, I got to tell you something real quick about you. So Matt told me that he booked you for the show and he said, well, you, you got to check out, you know, check out his TikToks and stuff. And then when I went and checked out, I'm like, I already know who Norman is. He, you, you came up on, you came up on my TikTok, like just as I'm scrolling through, you know? Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Several times you have. I mean, the, crazy. The, 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 the ramen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That came up just in my whatever you call it. FYP. <laughs> yeah, FYP. Yeah, your for <laughs> yeah, you page. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're, you're in my FYP already, man. But, so that's, that's how far your reach has gone. Matt booked you. And <laughs> that's then, dope. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is crazy. That's so tight. So yeah. Number two, uh, you talking about like creating those beats? Did you have either of you seen uh, was it Beats, Rhymes, and Life, the the documentary about Tribe Called Quest? I haven't. They talk about how Q-Tip didn't know how to make samples or beats, so he would literally put a blank cassette tape into his boombox and just play the ten second part that he wanted to sample over and over and over again, and he would have to record it in ten second increments. Oh my! To gosh. create that like a crazy. ten minute beat for him to rap over top of later which like just fucking love the drive of that and then finally talking about chris putting the music on the boombox obviously you and i've talked about daniel johnston where that dude wouldn't even make copies of his cassettes he would just perform the album in its entirety (laughs) over and over and over again for every homemade cassette that he would sell oh that's (laughs) tight (laughs) think about how much someone like q-tip had to appreciate when the technology came along you know like all of us who are spoiled and had the technology for a long time if you were doing that and then you got to gradually see the technology come along man he had yo you'd be surprised though like i started off my my career as an audio engineer Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how many of those guys are so stuck in their ways though 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've worked that. at studios where it's like, they will they will need uh, to run everything tape. They'll have to do everything oh. analog. They have to bring out the MPC and they have to run it through everything. They have to dub over drums and they have to. I'm like, bro, you know, you can Cut just freeze this. I'm like, yeah. you know, you can freeze this, right? You can just <laughs> we can do this digital. No, it don't, right. don't feel the same, bro. It don't feel it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man, I'm just could, an engineer. So whatever. Let's yeah, go could you it. imagine cutting tape? I hear these stories about like cutting tape and I'm it, like, no, it's it's ridiculous. No, that that's the worst washing pots from, you know, the SSL. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the the dirty work that you do that. I'm like, bro, you just get a computer. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The flip side of that is I feel like if you start in those trenches, yeah. when it does go digital, like yeah. I think that one of the only reasons why with video editing, I've been able to constantly go like 10 years not doing any video editing. And then it's like jumping back on a bike is because for the first five years that I did any video work, it was two VCRs hooked up to each oh, other. Jesus. And that was the way I had to edit. So then when you get to like, oh, you can just like digitally click like just cut exactly yeah. where you want the cut instead of like having to hope that you've timed this perfectly. <laughs> like, Man, it, it's it made me so much better at editing quickly, and I can do like give me an hour project, and I can do the full video edit in under three hours because I spent ten hours of my life as a kid trying to do the same thing That's crazy. on like and the hardest way. Isn't it ironic <laughs> how like it's just like just like tying that back into like his song like. Just the lyrics, right? <laughs> about everything yeah. he did when he was young. That's why I love that track because it makes me think about stuff in that way, like the which we have to acknowledge. All the stuff that he did when he was young. He was seventeen when he wrote this song. Yeah. He was a senior in high school. He barely, when he he got barely his lived life. He was, <laughs> yeah. He's hey. still living. He's literally still living this stuff. Bro. That, but that's what you know. What's funny? So I have family from California, and it's just something about like West Coast and East Coast people from the East Coast. They grow up so fast. In the South, it's it's so weird because in the South, you're you're basically a child until until like you 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 just milk it. Like everybody yeah. in the South <laughs> just milks it. Like we stay at home forever. We don't move out. Like we we're just like our moms are sweet, southern hospitality, all that, bro. Like on the east and the west, bro. Like I've heard some horror stories. Like I have friends in middle school, it's like, yep. My mom making me get a job. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, what, what you mean a job, bro? You mean cleaning your room? And it's getting rough out here in these streets. I'm just like. <laughs> Which also, because he was a teenager yeah. in uh, 2013, Complex Magazine named this song one of the 19 best songs by teenage rappers over the last 19 years. And, and a couple noteworthy songs that were also on that list was The Block is Hot by Lil Wayne, Man. Lil Mama's Lip Gloss, Man. Mac Miller's Donald Trump, and something that we've talked about previously on this show, Jaquan's Tipsy, uh, all made yeah, Complex's I, list. I love Jaquan Tipsy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Hey, that that uh, guy's career is unfortunate too, man. That, yeah, that, yeah. We did a we did, we did a deep episode, dive yeah. on Jaquan. Yeah, man. but I feel like you guys are right though. Like it, I feel like if Amai would have put out more songs, it'd have been a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. You know, first of all, touching on. Yeah, he has this great sample, and then he's touching on nostalgia, and people yeah. are going to eat that up every time. I wanted to talk to you guys about when you look at the verses of this song, was there anything that he's rapping about in this song that you did or, or that you can relate to? Hide and go get it. What is the Okay, what's so, hide? Okay, let me explain this to you. So okay. in the hood, right? So like... <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. So when you grow up in the hood, right, there there are just regular games that just are regular games like hide and seek, right? Sure. You know, ding dong, ding dong ditch or whatever you call Definitely it. Definitely right? did that. But there there yeah. are remixes. There are hood remixes to everything, right? Just like there are hood <laughs> remixes to food. There there's like a hood remix to uh, a song, right? There there's okay. always like a hood remix to like a thousand miles or like, you know, there's yeah, always yeah, something yeah, in a hood right. remix, right? <laughs> so like, bro, there's a hood remix to hide and go seek. And it's it's instead of like you know, counting and then going to find each other and being like, hi, I got you. It's like the dudes would count. The girls would go hide. And whatever dude finds the girl, you can do whatever. It's, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's Jeez. kind of bad. Yeah. It, Jeez. it was, but I mean, in my hood, it was more so like just kissing, like, you know, just yeah, kiss the girl. Right. And right. we would use that to kiss like the most popular girls. If you were like a nerd like me. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you, like, it's like a version like, of spin the bottle. It's, oh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, a, a exactly. More athletic, it's more athletic. athletic spin yeah. the bottle. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, man, the girls they were they were good at hiding though. Like yeah. at, they, we barely won that that game. But yeah, that's hide and go get hide and go get it <laughs> the, in the, the bungalows. Only, <laughs> yeah, the only the only one that I kind of can connect to. I mean, I I think I did Ding Dong Ditch once and my anxiety just couldn't take it. So, <laughs> so I, I was done after that. But there's there's the one line and I actually love the rhyme scheme of this part too, but he says uh saying yo mama's black, his mama this, his mama that, then you get mad, you want to scrap, scrap and stay mad about 10 minutes, then it's yeah, back, no, on, back the on the bikes. Yeah. And and I definitely I definitely relate to the like those 10 minute hate your friends moments. Yeah. And then like immediately you're just like, all right, let's go swimming. Yeah, like you that's, just like move on with like, that's every, <laughs> like, yeah, man. That's yeah. That, you're right though. That rhyme scheme was crazy. He's using that scat flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That dude. That, <laughs> and it underrated. bounces back to hood rat, yeah. like five verses early. Dude, the, yeah. the, the fact that a 17-year-old actually crafted what I think has a really kind of complex yeah. rap scheme is is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I mean, some of the references to gazelles, obviously, those were like the low-top Adidas's. I think I had a pair of gazelles that he references. But then he talks about sporting BKs. Do you guys know what BKs are? No, man. No. British I thought it was British Knights. British Knights. British, British, British Knights, which were... <laughs> yeah, British Knights. Those they shoes, like yeah. High top, and they were usually all white shoes. Yes, and, yes. I, I, okay. British yeah, Knights. There was yeah. like when I was, you know, th- it seems like maybe he's about six or seven years older than me, based on the lyrics of the song. But British, there was there was the the popular shoe brands. There was it was Nike, Reebok, British Knights were one of them yeah. for a while. Yeah, British Knights. <laughs> and I then realize. I don't know whatever happened to British Knights, but that's that's BK. The only reason um, I know about British Knights. After you said British Knights is because of Martin. Oh, did he oh. wear them? <laughs> Bro, Martin had the most ridiculous shoe collection in the world. Like a lot of people don't remember that element of that show. Like his shoe collection was ridiculous. You can even probably like look it up now since Google. I'm sure there's like a tribute. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> YouTube gosh. channel to his shoes. And, at I, this point. and I found out about it because I used to follow this channel called Preachers and Sneakers, where they like these shoe heads. They like look at uh, different pastors who like have like thousand dollar shoes yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> so like but th- those guys are like shoe heads too and and like i found a channel through their channel that like highlights other um you know like crazy shoe collectors and i was just like whoa i didn't even realize like when i used to watch martin he was always like rocking those and i remember hearing about that growing up like my brothers would be like yeah i think shoe collecting <laughs> so. is actually cool if i had money to to spend on something and collect and keep them awesome like i do think that like it's really cool like i really like nike air maxes is like the only shoes i wear and if i had more money i'd be on that on that nike app buying <laughs> buying yeah. them all the time and you know i'm sure you could make money on them if you yeah, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure an original pair of those british knights are probably so much money yeah i bet like a vintage 1980 yeah like this this 1980 shoe the one that was the white and the green that this this actually looks like the one martin had on in this one episode it's like <laughs> It's 600 bucks, bro. Damn. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, 
Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Find yourself. The new single from Punchline is out now. But I see the next step If that's all we can get Then it's better than zip This is no joke, man This is a fight Trying to find yourself in the right place The right time Listen to Punchlines Find Yourself on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere you stream music. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You know, they, they also talk about, well, I don't remember what the Nike Cortez were. He talks about that in the second verse. Yeah, he talks about Pumas, of course, yeah, K-Swiss. K-Swiss, which, oh my gosh. Yeah, those were, those were also like, they almost look like Adidas. Yeah, I the Cortez, like extra- the Cortez shoes. That's the one that Forrest Gump wore when he was running around. Oh, nice. That's the Cortez. That's, <laughs> okay, I that's, want those. That's what makes that. Yeah, that, I know that. I love Forrest Gump. That's one of yeah, dude. Dude, I don't love get Forrest me Gump. started. So the Cortez <laughs> is what he wore when he when he he ran he ran America in a Nike Cortez. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> and he he uh, in the second verse he he uh, name drops JJ Fad. Who oh, wow. we, could, we could probably easily do a one hit thunder about JJ Fad. There's a line in this song where when he's when I look at it, when I look at the lyrics written out, I'm like, OK, but the way he raps it in the song, he says it. He's saying about girls and he said eating pickles with Tootsie Pops. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but there's actually a comma and eating pickles with. To- so I think there's a separation like they they ate pickles and then later ate Tootsie Pops because the way the way it is in the song, I'm like, at the same time, it's <laughs> not. You'd be I mean, surprised, bro. I have a song where I'm like, people always give me crap about it. I'm like uh, ramen noodles and chocolate milk. And like oh. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people always like they they make fun of me for that. I had a song like talking about like growing up, and yeah. the opening line was just like ramen noodles and chocolate milk, <laughs> letting the time fly, watching Doctor Phil, and people were like ramen noodles and chocolate milk, bro, that sounds gross. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, as long as you're not dumping the chocolate milk into the ramen, no, nah, bro. Like, I had, like it was like a tall glass of cold ice cold chocolate milk with some chicken picante spicy ramen noodles. And it, everybody would freak out when they would see it. They'd be like, bro, your stomach is going to hurt. And I'm like, no, this is the best <laughs> combo in the world. Wow. Okay. Maybe it's some. <laughs> maybe it's something like dipping your fries in your Frosty or something that where it doesn't sound good, but then you do it and you're like, oh, that's all yeah. right. The one thing I forgot, though, like that the line, though, looked up to my bigger bro, asked if he can kick it so when he went out with uh groupies i can go tagging along man yeah i just i that line man it just because my brothers are both they're like in their 40s so like they were way older than me when i was young and i just remember being like dang i wish i could hang out with them like because they were just i'm like they were just so cool bro like being you know graduating high school when i was just like learning how to how to play the video game and yeah they're always going out and doing stuff and being like you know six years old 
you know, my middle brother's going to like prom and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, dang. Some role models. Yeah. That's cool. So. I was the only child. I didn't get to experience that kind of shit. That's oh, yeah. And I was the oldest. So <laughs> they were all just disappointed by my example. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> I was the studious good kid. So the only references they got were teachers that had me previously being like, well, your brother would have never done. Oh, this. wow. <laughs> I know. So my, my siblings all went through a period where they just hated me. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, the bar the bar was pretty low for me. So I, I mean, that was a great thing, bro. Like that, I, I love both of my brothers, but the bar was so low. It was just like, I was just like I'm like, yo, if I could just if I could just graduate, I'm good. Like, yeah, I was the only person in my family tree until maybe three years ago that graduated from college. Yeah, exactly. Out of like the entire, I was like, all right. Like you said, I said I set a high bar for everybody else. It was great. They're mad at you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I could do no wrong after that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as far as Ahmad, so this song went to number 25 on yeah. the Billboard 100. So it wasn't exactly a smash hit either. It's kind of a, I mean, top 40, I'd love to have a top 40 song. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but 25, <laughs> it wasn't like it was you know, song of the summer or something. Matt, did you do, did you look up what else was in the charts at that time? I, so I could not for the life of me figure out when this was on the charts in 2000, in 1994 yeah. and I wasn't going to go week by week throughout yeah. the Billboard history for it. But what I can tell you is that the two biggest songs of 1994 were Ace of Ace of Bass the Sign okay. and Boys to Men I'll Make Love to You Ooh. and that the best selling record of that year was TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. All right. So it was a I mean it was a there was a lot of steep competition so I think even getting to 26 as a 17 year old yeah, uh, I mean, rapper that's crazy. is pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, he was charting <laughs> in UK too. So like, world hit. I mean, it was probably definitely like a, I don't know what it was like to grow up in South Central, but if you know anybody from South Central and you talk about the song, they have a fit if they were alive during this time. Like this was like the, the anthem for like people in South Central around yeah, that I time. Mean, it, I'm sure that so many people could, yeah relate to it i mean it seems like everything every verse is so specific yeah it is yeah exactly yeah i mean down yeah down to the shoe brands down to the the games down to uh shout not jj fad it seems yeah yeah it's just like specific you guys probably have that in your city too like i know in houston we have like a hometown hero. Like, I mean, there's like the zero song that everybody in Houston knows, but nobody outside of Houston knows. But like, if you go anywhere in Houston, you can start off the line and then it, it, like everybody can finish the entire song. It is What the, song is it? It's called uh, Mo City Don by Zero. And it, the first lines are like slow, loud and banging all in my trunk. And if you say that to anybody from Houston... And they're going to be like, truck full of fuck. I ain't never been a putt. They'll finish the whole song. <laughs> it, it, it's so crazy. But you go anywhere else and you see, and you go slow, loud, and bang, and all in my trunk, they'll look at you crazy. They'll be like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it does not I mean, <laughs> when I first got into rap, like behind my mom's back, I was, I was like looking at some um, like underground battles from like just like these Philly, these Philly, like they just look like scenes from Fight Club. They were just like in this like, just like real grimy looking spot <laughs> or they're outside what? and it'd be battling <laughs> each other. And I'd just be like, bro, these Philly guys are just crazy. In Pittsburgh, we got black and yellow. That's our equivalent is, you know. <laughs> oh we my are, gosh. Y'all were we so are... happy about that. <laughs> Look, you guys were so happy the whole world heard it we were like yes we hear you Wiz Khalifa <laughs> we got we got Wiz and Mac man you know Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa is like but it took over the world though man yeah and here's the thing man in Pittsburgh it's it's a it's a rough music town because it's like a lot of like bar <laughs> bar rock bands, like really yeah. like butt rock and or like, like cover bands. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know we had for for the most part, it's like yeah, we had some some punk rock bands and stuff come out of Pittsburgh, but we also on a on a grand scale, like all we had was Rusted Root. Send me on my way. He was like one big band from Pittsburgh. So when Wiz and Mac hit, at least it was like, okay, that, that's pretty cool, you know? And um, yeah, and then Black and Yellow, still to this day, if you go to a Steelers game or something, you know you're going to hear Black and Yellow at uh -huh. some point or another. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you guys remember, like, I think it was like the Roaring Twenties or whatever. Um, like when that whole thing was like the Nick Carraway type vibes. What is it called? Uh, the Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if y'all remember, but like a lot of, 
a lot of great music and a lot of great like because uh, I'm a big music theory guy too. A lot of those uh, pioneers came from Pittsburgh. So like in the 19, really? yeah, like in the 19, like, so like 1910, 1920, there's like a lot of, uh, like, ah, oh man, I want to say this guy's name is like Ray Brown. You got Art Blackie, you got, um, Roy Eldridge. I want to say George Benson. You have all of these, like, you have all of these great musicians who pioneered stuff. Uh, Billy, um, what's that guy's name? Eckstein, Billy, I, I want to say, bro. But yeah, it's a lot of pioneers from Pittsburgh. So I mean, there's history, even though yeah. it, it, it didn't, you know. It's a very historic yeah. place. I yeah. mean, this this was, I mean, Pittsburgh's still like, you know, to a certain extent, a major city. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the history of Pittsburgh, this yeah, was like crazy. A, a hub but, of so many things, you know. And, and so that's why, it, you know, it's, it's in a, the, a lot of culture here. It's in know? the heartbeat, though. It's in the heartbeat yeah. of the city. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's that's right. kind of what it is. It's the same thing with, you know. It's, a, it's the same thing I feel like with Philly. Like the, the Philly scene is like the heartbeat of it is just like battle rap, like bar heavy rappers who can just blow your mind. <laughs> like, and then I feel like Cali is just like this laid back, you know, it's just like even with a mind, like him just like the way he approached that song, bro. Golly. To be this age and sound this good and already have developed your Your own sound. Your, your whole sound. Every, your yo, your I, voice, man. Hey, you know so jealous. You know as well as anyone, man, that like not only being the the, the technical aspects of yeah. rapping and but also having a personality to your voice yeah. because you don't want to sound like everybody else exactly so many of the so many of the huge artists you could hear one word from them you know who they are right yeah. off the top you know yeah. I, I mean Snoop Dogg Dre Tupac Biggie uh you know to you know already talked about Kendrick Kanye, everybody, you hear one word from those guys, you know it's them. Yeah, you know, something real, distinctive. Even at that point, yeah, there's those guys that have that voice. Everybody. Who, yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was that we were talking about. One of the episodes we talked about that the biggest strike against them was that they didn't really, like their song was, was good. Matt. I know who it was, Matt. I know who it was. Craig Mack. Oh, yeah, oh, Craig wow. Mack. Flavoring Year. Yeah, we did. His story's crazy, man. His story's yeah. really crazy. We did that episode, and yeah, because I was confused on that video when I was a kid, bro. I was like, "So is this Buster Rhymes or like?" I, yeah, exactly. I'm he like, was "Who like is this?" Buster Rhymes light with yeah. his delivery, <laughs> and he he didn't have diet. anything. He's dying, he Buster. I'm sorry. Buster. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is Buster Zero. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's cool that Ahmad had. I yeah. feel like he has. That's a that's important because I even with me, man. Like every every artist grows up and then they just sound like somebody for so long until they don't. Like Kendrick sounded like Little Wayne forever until he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if you guys noticed, but like he was like K Dot at first, and then when he was K Dot, he was obsessed with Little Wayne. Like he even had like this album like C4. He like drew on his eyelids, kind of like Little Wayne did. He was like huge Lil Wayne fan everybody loved everybody loved Lil Wayne then like because Lil Wayne was just that guy just like just dropping nonsensical bars and just like you know I'm so high I can eat a star and everybody's like oh my god this is the best (laughs) thing ever and then like Kendrick was on that same wave where he's just like he wanted to do that like that that tone that Lil Wayne had but it it was Kendrick's voice so it didn't come out perfect and then it just developed into this thing and it just became Kendrick same thing with like uh, J. Cole like yeah. J. Cole, uh, he was like always listening to like Eminem and Jay-Z and he was like trying to merge the two <laughs> and even talks about how he was like, it just didn't come out right. And then I finally right. found, and then like he, he got this little Nas, like he wanted to be Nas. So he was like, okay, I can turn on my Jay-Z, my Nas, my Eminem. And then it just happened to, you know, fit his own style and he just developed his own style. My favorite example of any of that though is like listen to Eminem Infinite yeah, and like Infinite. here, I Eminem. Love then, then listen to the Outsiders, which was like the crew from New Jersey yes. that Eminem started collaborating yes, with. Yes, I know. And then exactly you listen to the about. Slim Shady LP, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, he picked up so much of the Outsiders cadence with the stuff where it's just like, especially in like my name, yes, is, you know, where he's like extraterrestrial, yeah. running over pedestrians, yeah, yeah. and it's like I know exactly <laughs> raping lesbians. About. Like, oh my god, Outsiders should have been yeah. the biggest they were so group. dope i found them on accident because i went through i had went back in the day when there was like limewire 
I like yes. did the whole Eminem like discography thing, and I got like Rick rolled like three times until I actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> until I got a like actual discography, and it like it had some like tapes, like it had some like freestyle stuff, and then there's like some songs that he had, and I guess this was when he like he was in his Vanilla Ice phase. He had a Vanilla yeah. Ice phase where he just wasn't even like super lyrical. He was just kind of like rapping just to rap. Like, hey, yo, my name is Joe and I come from the, and you already know it's like white, blue and red and yellow. <laughs> and then there was some stuff like the Outsiders and there was like a collab. And then there was the infinite thing. And there was like all this other like freestyle stuff where he started doing like the whole syllable thing. Like, uh, how do you feel about having another baby brother? Nasty trucker talking like a, I like to smoke the chocolate tie walking by. You could die. Give it an awkward eye. Like that was all like, that was like <laughs> the, the outsiders type flow. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I tell people yeah. about that and they're like, Oh, this is so crazy. Dude. The second someone played me the first, like they're like, here, listen to some of this group real quick. And I listen to them like, yep, this is, uh, and and he said it on like it's not even like it's like oh this undercover secret like he references them in a bunch of his early albums I think they had a falling out because of Marshall Mathers LP because two of them recorded guest vocals for I want to say either Amityville or Remember Me and someone in the studio was like the song's too long you can only keep one of one of the guest vocals tracks and I think it's Amityville he kept bizarre and cut the outsiders and they i guess they felt really like disrespected by that yeah that's just how it is with eminem's <laughs> life bro like i feel like even with the uh the um like the bass brothers right the the guys yeah. who were like producing for him early on who are like they're responsible for all of the hits and then <laughs> you like you don't know they're like unsung heroes because the i mean it's just like the i don't know if it's the label or if it's just what's going on with the music it, it just makes one you can only have one star you know what i mean you can yeah. only have one star and it's like nobody else can get their flowers or like their roses which is why i think now i think the game is going to change because now like i feel like it's direct to consumer with like tiktok and stuff like the, the world it's crazy now yeah like you can yeah. you can be an artist and not need a label well let's talk about that real quick actually because you've been kind of doing you've been doing all right doing that yourself right now yeah you're showing up on both of our uh for you pages yeah, yeah that's crazy and it's like both you know guys are hip-hop heads music heads music lovers you're also like just random like just from different parts of the world so it's just like different you know upbringings and so i think it's dope and um yeah that's i don't know i just feel like the game is going to change now because now it's who's going to be in control yeah, the people I think are. it's. I I would hope I would hope that you're right about that. It just yeah. who's in charge of those algorithms? They're obviously they're obviously working well for you right now, and that's great. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> at some at some point, if someone gets a hold of those and messes with them to favor people with money or something, mm, you know, like that's, that's, that's how it always works. Yeah, that's the worrisome part. You know, that's kind yeah. of the way things were. Is you needed to get signed to a label, and then that label would put money behind you, and that's the only way you were going to make it. Well, now. Like you said, artists can make it as long as yeah. as long as the integrity is kept yeah. of the places that you you know that it's based on who is actually good, who people are actually watching, and it's not warped by money. That's, yeah, see, that's, that's, yeah. that's our generation. Like, and like our generations are like, but I feel like Gen, like the new, the Gen Z, Gen X, or whatever they are, they are all about P two P. Like they share everything. I mean, these kids share everything. They share everything. Like now it's to the point to where I saw a commercial the other day where I think it was like Jaden Smith. He's like, you don't want to go buy new right. jackets. How about you get a jacket that's last forever? That was worn by somebody 13 years ago. <laughs> it's like they're <laughs> going to start sharing clothes now. It's just like, it's just like uh, let's recycle clothes. So, so, I get yeah, it. Jaden's <laughs> making, making a commercial for like Goodwill. No, like, it, like, it was actually a Levi's right. commercial, but I, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and and I guess Levi, they're gonna start like uh, repurposing like old throwaway clothes or whatever, and to make like and they're gonna st they're gonna start selling less. I, it's just well, but it's half crazy. the time when I walk into Target, I think it's the '90s yeah. just based on the what? clothes on the rack and stuff. <laughs> the, the, so true. The, the Levi's campaign too. Which I I saw this and I actually yeah. I mean I like Levi's as a brand, but their yeah. their point is hey our stuff's a little bit more expensive, but it lasts. 
where it lasts forever. Yeah, it yeah. lasts forever, <laughs> as opposed to you're going to go buy something from somewhere else made cheap, and it's going to just buy one piece, buy one denim jacket for the rest of your life, exactly. and then give it to your little brother. Right. <laughs> which, it's like which actually kind of, I actually kind of like that yeah. that thinking. I, no, I love yeah. it, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this new generation, they're like, if if the algorithm starts to to mess with the way that people are receiving music especially today in today's world they're going to be like okay well i'm going to stop using that platform yeah. and i'm going to go to reddit or right. i'm going to go to twitter yeah. right. or i'm going to go here well at some point the yeah. the whatever the industry usually bends to what people use it's kind of like i i believe i believe this is true i do think that youtube plays count towards something it has to be like a so it's a certain number right. so like right there's like a thousand. I mean, I think you have to get like five thousand plays for one album sale. Maybe ten thousand. Yes. But they change it a lot, though. Right. So like, it just depends on like the the. See, that's the thing. It's like the the metrics will always change. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say the metrics have to keep changing yeah. because like in my brain, with the amount of TikToks that I've seen using Lizzo's "About Damn Time," that should have been the number one song for the last like month oh and a gosh, half. Yeah. I think Wait it's a like I'm gonna need to like it's in the top five, <laughs> but it's like what other songs are getting well, as about, much attention what about as this? My song? money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds. How, <laughs> that should be the number one song in the world, right? <laughs> but you know what? No, okay. So it's so funny you brought that up. So the guy actually started the controversy about this was I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Yeah. So, okay. When that song came to, and it hit TikTok and it did its thing and the streaming numbers went crazy. Soundscan had no choice because it was, it was streamed on Spotify so much. Ah. Same thing with 24 karat golden. Like a lot of people thought that kid was like an industry plant or something, but it's like, no, he had Charlie Domenio use his song and it just went crazy. And that's how his song was number one. And then Sony was like, okay, I guess we'll put, you know, a couple million into this on a, you know, a, a music video or whatever. But um, both of those guys have like the same story. They're like, yeah, it went on TikTok. And then the amount of people that went to TikTok and started streaming it made it, you know, go, go crazy. Well, this goes back to kind of your point about people sharing things is like, Somebody, I mean that jiggle jiggle song is a perfect example. Someone repurposed, <laughs> someone repurposed an interview audio from an interview, and someone put a beat to it and created a song that people liked. I guess if these songs, the other the other one I think of, which I've used it plenty of times, is the "Here Comes the Boy." You know that one, the one that people always put in cat videos. It's just like a clip of a song, but but then I guess you have you got to take that song and put it on spotify a place where people are just going to stream the song yeah. and listen to it exactly. uh, i mean is is there there's nothing in place at all yet or, or were you <laughs> saying norman that there is something no i'm saying oh, so for TikTok yeah no like views no there is for but it just depends like in the, the case of the astronaut in the ocean they broke off tiktok like yeah. they went number one and charted for like a very long time wow. just because of tiktok wow. And yeah, I, I think that was similar with Palfu. Yeah. Uh, which I've mentioned before, that deathbed song. Like they used the sample, the chorus in so many TikTok videos that people started checking out the actual the song. Yeah, right. song on Spotify. Oh, what's that what's like, that one song it. that went back to number one after like thirty oh, years you, or twenty years? The dude with the cranberry juice. He was like on a oh, skateboard oh, or something. The Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Yes. <laughs> Bro, like it it I one day I because I always check billboards and one day I was on Billboard, I was like, Oh my god, this song is back on like they made history. Yeah. Like they went back to the chart. Like they charted again. And then like just recently Frank Ocean did with uh uh Lost. And it's just like, wow, this is crazy. Really? That is, it can, that is, yeah. I, wow. The, the songs can resurge into into a billboard. Jeez, Frank Ocean, he puts out an album every ten years. He's just like, I don't even need to. It'll just get popular again. That's how good it hey, is. Hey, that's another that's another Def Jam Rick Rubin thing right there. Yeah. Those guys are innovators. Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, before we're, we got to wrap this up, we got to decide if Ahmad brought the one hit thunder or if he was a one hit blunder. One thing I will say, <laughs> one thing I will say is that I can't find any information. There's like no information yeah. on what happened to this dude. I can't even find yeah. a story of why he. Besides that, besides that, well, I mean, I told you it was giant. It was the giant Warner Brother. Uh, it was like a subsidiary, and then that that record label like failed. Yeah. And then uh, because that record label failed and his contract was tied up into it, he couldn't put out music. So, Jeez. I mean, I guess he just was yeah, like... Yeah, and that's when he moved. Yeah. Because he never stopped. Nah. Like, it's like he 
I think the full breakdown of the story was that he had this song in 1994. Record label issue held him up for a couple years. He did that Fourth Avenue Jones from 2000 to 2005. 2006, he went back to college and got a degree in African-American studies and sociology. Yeah. And then finally put out, when he was done college, four years later, put out the second Ahmad album. Yeah. <laughs> so so he kept himself busy. I, I applaud him on that, at least. At least he released yeah. more music. I mean... Yeah, and there was like, yeah, there's like yeah. that band and there's some other stuff. He Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of stayed, he stayed in the game, but I, I definitely think him wanting to pursue like a a superstar type career kind of like took the and a lot of those California a lot, a lot of the Cali guys are like that like Kendrick is slowly becoming that guy now mm-hmm. and and it sounded like the Fourth Avenue Jones they first were they put out two self-released albums got signed to Interscope yeah and then Interscope just didn't put out their record yeah. like held them up on a contract thing forever and then eventually dropped them and they did more self-released records after that so both cases, he kind of got fucked over by records. Yeah, this is what, but, what it comes down but to. He definitely, yeah, he definitely could have could have kept going on a very commercial, right? Yeah, he could have went commercial path, like for like he could have kept it going easily. I'm giving Ahmad a thunder. It, I'm saying that I'm, I'm saying gonna, to release I'm a song. This, it's unanimous. Yeah, is this an instant unanimous? We're, we're saying yeah, it's unanimous. Instant, right. To release yeah. this song when you're 18 years old, get screwed over by a record label eventually put out music again most people it, it sounds like it's a little bit out of his hands and yeah. at 18 years old who knows what you're signing agreeing to and then uh the fact that he was able to have a hit in the top 40 at this time in 1994 we've talked about on this show a lot it was a very stacked year for music and everything in general so the fact that he was able to break through in any way in the top 25 or whatever he hit i'd say Ahmad brought the thunder one last quick thing though norman where if people have been listening and saying man this dude knows his shit where can they go to hear more of your tracks follow you on tiktok and all of that yeah jazz? just n-o-r-m-a-n-s-a-double-n i'm not even trying to sound douchey but like you can just google it and uh all of the <laughs> yeah all of the links will pop up the spotify apple music the youtube stuff and just just have fun i mean i am the the genre bender so if you if you like rap a little bit, uh, but you like, but you favor singing more. I have some of that. If you favor hip hop, I got some boom bap hip hop. If you favor melodic stuff, I got some melodic stuff. Also, we working on some some heavy metal and some country. So wow, I got some of that coming out. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but just just man, just having fun. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm blessed to to be independent now. So it's like I could just do whatever I want. It's like if I'm just motivated to make whatever, I'll make whatever. So yeah, N O R M A N S A double N. If you don't find me on your own, I bet you're gonna hear it from your friend. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like Riley Reed with these flows. <laughs> and, and I mean, hit up, hit up those TikToks. Yeah. The way that you make the last line of your TikTok go into the right yeah. back to the beginning, <laughs> thanks, so that man. it's like an eternal loop. Uh, thanks. Every time I'm like, how's he gonna do it this yeah, time? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Brand, yo, brands are really into that too. So they've been hitting me up trying to, trying to. They're even trying to get me to do stuff like that for them, and I'm like, I'm with it. Nice. You got to get that Betty Crocker deal for Bro. all those cakes you've been. Oh making. my god. <laughs> <laughs> This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Runiverse off of the Punchline remix album, Politefully Dead. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and Matt at WeKnowPodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. You are my universe. You are my universe. I'm just a
listening to the Geekscape Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.